Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. What's good? All the people in the podcast land. No, the real land. I'm in podcast land. You're actually in standard earth. Or maybe you're listening to this from... This is proper shit like radio banter, isn't it? Shit patter. But maybe you're listening to this from an alien world. And I'm long dead. And this is like you've uncovered this in the fossiled remains of what used to be Earth and my home, which hopefully was nice and hopefully I didn't leave any porn anywhere. I don't have any physical porn. No one has physical porn anymore, guys. Most porn is stored on the internet. And if you're if you're still that alien man listening to this, or woman, or genderless, actually definitely genderless by that point, um, pornography is basically just when you watch other people having sex, usually doing more exciting things than you would do and things that you're too afraid to tell your significant other to do. Um, and then what you would do, as we used to have genitals back then, um, back now, but you're listening to this from the future, and you would you just rub your genitals for a bit, and eventually it would feel quite nice all at once. And depending on which gender, which is actually what we used to have, gen- we used to have genders. Uh, depending on which gender you are, would depend on how quickly you could reload. I imagine you still have weapons. Probably the only thing that survived. Hi, that was insane. Um, I better be quick and plug some shit before I get into it because I've wasted quite a lot of time. Got new t-shirts. Oh, there's a new drop of t-shirts. www.thedownbe.at So it says the downbeat. There's new, there's three, two shirts. One hoodie, which is the best fucking hoodie on earth. If I say so myself. I didn't design it. I just gave the people the ideas. Tom Bornerell designed it. Very, very talented man. Um, there's an a long sleeve by the same guy. It's got a classic, like sort of all your favourite eighties satanic bands vibe to it. Um, there's a t-shirt, similar orange t-shirt, nice, vibrant. And then there is a forest green t-shirt with a logo designed by the guy that did the Emperor Walls in the Throne Room. I think he did the Satyricon logos, maybe even the Mayhem logo. Um, I basically told him I wanted a shirt that said the Downbeat Podcast in a metal style. And he's the king of black metal logos. He said, what do you want it to look like? I said, I don't want to be able to read it. And also make it look like a load of twigs. And he did that. And that's a great t-shirt. Should probably pick one up if you like the podcast even if you get halfway through this and you're like you know what i fucking like this do one because i ain't gonna try and sell you a mattress i'm just not ever gonna do it and you know i really need the money <laughs> so come on yeah, yeah go on go on go on www.at uh get, get one my guest this week is for sure the most requested guest ever um 
and I originally put it off for the longest time. Just because I just told him, if you ever want to talk about what happened, the podcast is open, I'm not going to push it because obviously it will get a lot of listeners and I don't want to be like a grief tourist. So we left it and then I bumped into him in Australia. We both played Unified Gathering and Unify Gathering, Unify Gathering. Um, and he said he was ready to rock. So my guest is Andrew Tekarczyk from The Ghost Inside. Now, if you don't know anything about heavy music, The Ghost Inside were in a horrific bus crash um, in 2015. And... Andrew lost his right leg. He is right-legged, right-handed. He lost his right leg. Sadly, two people died in the crash. Um, Andrew lost his right leg, and he is a uh, you know right-handed drummer. And against all the odds, he is ripping behind a kit. He his right leg is amputated above the knee. He is ripping double pedal. Um, it's a crazy story. It's super uplifting. It gets a little bit dark, obviously. Uh, I can't thank him enough for coming on and sharing it and being so open with it. There's a lot of me just sort of going, fuck, because I don't know what to say. Um, but he's such a nice guy. He's so funny. Um, and I had a really good time chatting with him. I'm not good. I don't want to say a good time because a lot of it's quite morbid, but he's a great guy. Andrew, can you hear him barking? I can hear your dog barking. That's fine. Get it. He picks and chooses. How are you? How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm fine. Oi, um, I've got to get your name pronunciation right. I'm pretty good at this usually. Is it Andrew? So it's Andrew, yeah? That's correct so far, yeah. Right, so far that's correct. And is it Tkachik? So close. It's Instead of Tkachik, it's Tkachik. Tkachik, right. But it. I mean, you basically got it. Usually people say Katsik or Ketchup or something so wrong. I'm getting used to it. Where's the name originally from? It's like, very, it's very Eastern European, Polish, Czechoslovakian. Uh, I was told recently a little bit of Russian. I don't know if I believe that, but I'm going to claim it. So Nice. Yeah, definitely claim that. <laughs> How's things? Good, You got man. your floors put in. Yeah. We, got, we had to put this off until your floors were in. Yeah. Yeah, they're finally in. Uh, they just have to come put the transitions in and then uh, repaint the drywall in the bathroom. I had a pipe burst. Uh, in a sink I had redone a year and a half ago, what they did oh, was, no. yeah, it's, I guess what, what happened with the other company that did these renovations way back, I guess they popped a nail through a copper pipe and over a year and a half, that nail rusted and corroded and snapped off causing the pipe to burst. And it, it spewed gallons of water up into my floors. Oh my God. For, I don't know how long, um, it could have been going on for like three days for all I know. I, 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 uh, I went into my bedroom and I had carpet in the bedroom and hardwood everywhere else. And then, Oh no. Yeah. And I was in my socks and I, I, uh, 
I was in my wheelchair, <laughs> and I, I put my no. foot down, and I and I feel soaking wet, and I look down, and there's like a puddle, and I'm like, oh god, Hank got in here, my dog, and pissed on the floor. Great. So I like smelled my foot to see if it was piss, and I'm like, that's not piss. And I soaked it up, and it wasn't yellow, it wasn't piss, and I was like, shit, this is bad. So. I threw the old prosthetic leg on, went downstairs, and it was fauceting out of the ceiling in the basement, like Home Alone style. <laughs> oh my god, that is literally my worst nightmare. I'm currently in the middle of like starting to renovate my house to sell it, okay. and stuff like that is what I think about at night. There's <laughs> like, there's yeah. like an area of. The wall where you know when you use like a wet meter thing there's like an area which is slightly more wet than the rest and i was like oh my god i've got a leak inside the wall and then i got someone in and whatever paid them to fucking check it out and it ends up as just salt oh my just god just got salt i got i got one salty wall yeah i mean I dude what that, it, it, what that means <laughs> got a salty ass wall it's uh dude it's terrifying like water water damage in homes is the absolute worst it's so detrimental and when we were in australia zach and i um went out to australia a couple weeks early just to hang out before unify and zach got a call from his neighbor that his garage flooded holy shit while he was away while he was in australia so he was getting phone calls at like 3 a.m brisbane time from like people at his house to like let him in to fix it and shit like just disaster yeah i mean this in the nicest possible way but when did the ghost inside do a ouija board a ouija because because (laughs) that is crazy bad luck i know it's fucking insane dude to be B- honest with you, both of you having two floods is very similar. That's a demon, my friend. Dude, for real. When I uh, I moved into an apartment before our accident, it was like January of 2015, and uh, the first night in my apartment after I had moved everything in and gotten settled, I got out of the shower, and the mirror on the wall, like my back was turned, and it just fucking fell and crashed and broke everywhere, and I was like, oh. Mirrors, seven years bad luck. Sick. <laughs> so you got you got two years left. Yeah, almost done. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, how was Australia? That was when I saw you. Yeah, dude. Uh, Australia was amazing. Um, yeah, my girlfriend and I, her, her mom, she's from Australia. She's originally from Newcastle, but grew up in Brisbane, and her mom still lives there. So we decided to go early. Uh, and spend Christmas and New Year's there and hang with her family and all of her friends and stuff. And it was so awesome to leave Michigan winter for Australian summer. Man, same. Oh. I had the same thing. Yeah. yeah. I got burnt on day one, but it was a glorious change of pace. And now, are you back in Mich- Mich- Michigan and it's fucking cold? Yes, it's horrible. It's absolutely miserable yeah. here. It's like so Same. fucking depressing, like <laughs> cold gray mixed with like rain and then it just freezes the snow and melts and got to worry about flooding. I'm looking out my window and it's exactly the same situation. Yeah. Oh, but the problem so with Australia is it's so far away. Otherwise, I would go all the time if not live there. Dude, but I know. so far. It's too fucking far, man. But it's the best place in the world. It's seriously it like... It's seriously like... 
probably my favorite country to visit out of all the countries. What's number two? Number two, I'd say... Hmm. Give me top five. Let's go straight in on the the top five countries. Top five countries. Okay, so Australia is definitely number one for me. Um... Man, I haven't really put much thought into this, but I guess I'll go based off of playing shows there because that's most that's the only reason I've ever been to any other countries was to play. Yep, yep. I'm gonna have to say Germany because Ooh. the shows are insane, but also spending so much time there, I've realized over the years that Germany is just really fucking nice. It's super clean and like I don't know. It's it's sick. I think Germany's underrated in the uh, places to visit category. A lot of your lot, I mean American people by saying your lot, right. United States of America, that right. is not South American people. Um, <laughs> Correct, yes. They, a lot of the, you just hate Germany. A lot of people just hate Euro touring because they don't go out and do things and all the venues are like, on industrial estates, so they assume that's what the whole country's like. Yeah. But you've obviously been out and experienced the rich tapestry of right. Germany. Yeah, yeah. No, I've always made it a point to go see stuff when I'm traveling. So I've definitely gone and seen, like, the cool, all this, you know, the centers of every city we've been in, and it's just, it's great. I love it. Um, let's see, number three. Hmm. I might say Russia and specifically Moscow because um, I really love Red Square and where like the Kremlin is and St. Basil's Cathedral, all that like really old architecture there. It's just, it doesn't feel like planet Earth. It's just crazy. Got this crazy vibe. But other than literally Red Square in Moscow, like I'm good. <laughs> But it's high up. That's there what I mean. I spot. feel like you can't. I feel like you can't put Russia in there because <laughs> because of the rest of it. The rest, yeah. But I just that that place it, I think is so sick, and I love it so much that I I throw it in there. I'm also I haven't ever put a top five in, so I'm just pretty much just f- trying to feed you here. Uh, another, yeah. come on, come on. An- a- another one. This would be for I think uh, Prague, Czech Republic. So we're at one of the best places. We're in a lot of Europe right now. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Also, I think five, and this might be in no particular order, this list I've just given you, but uh, Thailand. Um, Only only being once. We did uh, Bangkok and Chiang Mai, and it was just like seriously just so far from anything I ever thought I'd experience, like their their culture and seeing all that. Our entire Southeast Asia thing we did, I mean, we played Vietnam on that, and we played you know, Singapore, Malaysia, and Japan, Hong Kong, all those places, and that was just an absolute trip, but it was so sick. Um, in Thailand, we um, went to this spot that we got, um, we got these, like, really expensive suits made for super cheap. It was like a tourist thing we were told about. We all just got Oh, we have heard about suits that. Suits yeah. made for no reason. Absolutely no that's, reason. That's so fucking sick. But Wait, I- um <laughs> did 
Did you have days off in Thailand? Or yeah. Or did you just have like... Yeah. We... See, we didn't do that. When I went, we had one show and it was in Bangkok in a bar, which was called the Immortal Bar. Mm-hmm. And it was themed, the themed like the band Immortal, but in oh. the middle of Bangkok. It had a logo. It had the Immortal logo and black metal shit everywhere. But it's like in the middle of Bangkok. It was fucking crazy. That is fucking it, insane. It was so sick. But then we, like, flew out immediately afterwards, so I didn't get to see anything. I went to one, like, creepy fucking club that was like, okay, this is this is where people go to solicitate sex. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going to leave. There's that whole, like, uh, that whole strip right there in Bangkok, the Soy Cowboy. That's where it was. Yeah. That's where we went. So this, uh, this other band from Bangkok who played, I think we played two shows in bangkok and this band called anna lynn opened it opened the our shows and on our, th- our like first or second night off or something we we were staying in a hotel like downtown and um <laughs> these kids in this band anna lynn great kids um they like met up with us like oh we want to take you to a, a ping pong show and we're like i would love to see some some Thai dude just ripping ping pong balls, just super intense, fast paced ping pong. Like that's sick. That's cool. That's you know being American. That's <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I thought. Naive. You know where how I'm naive. going with this, <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, and we ended up in a strip club where strippers were smoking cigarettes with their vajayjays and shooting that pop, can't, that, popping ping that pong can't balls. Be good. No, it can't. That be can't good. be good for the womb. No. Can it? No, I don't think that's good. <laughs> but it was fucking fascinating to see, and I'll never forget it. Amsterdam's another good place for an old ping pong show. Um, <laughs> never been to one. And a banana show. Um, oh, wow. Healthy. Yeah, that's healthier. Similar similar thing. Yeah. Um, I really thought you were going to say Japan. Is Japan not in your top five? You know what? Japan was awesome. Um, not Probably not in my top five, and you know why, and... Everyone in my life gives me shit for this, and you probably will too. Um, I, I know where you're going. I know where you're going. I know where you're I, going. Come I, on. I, I want to hear what you think. I'm gonna say. You're gonna say I don't like sushi. Yeah. Uh, how you doing? You win. <laughs> you're correct. I don't like seafood. Uh, I don't like sushi or anything. So I was eating fucking burgers the whole time. Still, like you, you still get like good beef there and stuff and the place is still cool you know we also weren't we weren't there like super long either so um i think we were there for like three nights had a show two of them we only had like one one day really to go hang out in tokyo uh oh man we always fly out early you definitely need to do that if if you ever go back over there dude yeah you will going going to see the sights in in japan was awesome like Super sick. We visited some temples and uh, we went and saw just all the all the touristy things you can do in one single day in Tokyo. Um, we also played, I believe it was Osaka and Nagoya. Yep. Can't remember for sure, but yeah. It, it was, would have been those two. It was actually when, uh, I'm pretty sure Crystal Lake, who are killing it now, they, they opened the shows and I think they were pretty relatively unheard of in the States. At yeah, the, now the they time. are absolutely killing it. Yep, and they're sick. I love that band. Um, yeah, that album absolutely fucking rips. Yeah. So, right, we've done your top five bands. I, we haven't done your top five bands. That's right at the end. We've done your top five uh, whatever the fuck we were just talking about countries. 
We didn't finish five, but I'm bored of it now, and you don't know anyway. So yeah, let's we've let's established move the fuck that you on. you like some things. Um, let's. Do you want to move on <laughs> to the fact that the fact that you fucking absolutely ripped in Australia, like absolutely perfect, <laughs> and you have one leg. Oh man! And the Thank leg you. that you don't have was the leg doing all the stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you. That's an amazing compliment. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's I cried. fucking crazy. You know yeah, yeah. You know what? I was gonna ask you. Um, I think didn't you guys have to bounce kind of soon? Like after we started, we didn't fucking play till twelve twenty five in the morning. Yeah, we watched like three quarters of the set. Oh, sick! That's awesome. We didn't bounce till the end. Uh, till the next day. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um. Um. <clears throat> yeah, I tell you what, I before I really knew you at all, but I was in Shrey, Um I cried when I watched the uh, video of you when you first played the drums again. I'm quite an emotional person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you. then I cried when I watched you play the drums. Not like a big old boo. I was like, this is so mental. And then I just had a little cry. I feel like crying right now. Sure, I'm emotionally, sure. emotionally disturbed. Um, <laughs> I like you put it that way. How the fuck... I don't know where to start with this. I don't have any notes. This isn't a professional podcast. It's all good. Um, this episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. I want to talk about the gig first before we get into how your how your leg isn't there. Yeah, for which sure. I imagine we'll talk about. Because um, I was trying to look, but I was stage left because that fucking stage hand guy was such a dickhead and wouldn't let any. Do you remember that guy? Wouldn't let anyone watch from stage right. Dude, I, I want. I got. I pulled up like Kublai Khan had already started and I've never seen them and I fucking really like that band a lot and I wanted to watch them and that dude. Like, <laughs> he, like, wouldn't let us go, but there was, like, 14 other people walking right past us. And I hated that I had to do this, but I literally, like, pulled the, dude, I'm in the headlining band. Like, I pulled that card because I wanted to see them. And he's like, I don't know, are you sure? And I'm like, yes, motherfucker. And he just wouldn't let us. And by the time, like, we, I think Kublai Khan only had, like, two or three songs left, and then they finish, and I was like, pretty bummed i didn't get to see him very well i caught like a song from front um but yeah that guy was a straight up asshole for sure he was the he was maybe the worst stage hand that i've or stage manager or whatever that i've ever bumped into uh, yeah, anyway a doubt. so long story short i'm on the left side of the stage so i can't see the money i can't see what the fuck is happening i can hear that your feet are fucking perfect but how the fuck does it work so um, it's crazy how it happened. Cause, um, when I, when our accident happened, um, you know, I, everything happened and I was conscious and I could, I was aware of my, that I could tell my leg was broken and I was laying there, um, like in the debris and I, I knew it was bad. I was in and out of consciousness, but like for the most part, I was aware of everything I could hear everyone and all this stuff and then 
you know, fast forward a couple hours, I was medevaced in a chopper to El Paso University Hospital. And um, there they put me in a coma for 10 days, medically induced. And then when I came out of the coma, it took like three days to for the effects of whatever they put in your body to put you in a coma to wear off. Like I was still like hallucinating while awake, but they told me like three days later I had lost my leg. And um, I was coherent enough to like take that and like, not, you know, I wasn't like on these crazy meds enough to like, you know, not take it seriously. So like they told me that and I, I, and I didn't even know this for three days. I was laying in bed without a leg and didn't even know it. Like, that's how crazy that shit is. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, and I, I looked down and like my parents were there and they told me and they were obviously super emotional, <clears throat> but I just like looked down and I was like, give me my phone. And I just started Googling, uh, prosthetic legs. Um, drummers missing limbs like obviously rick allen came up and i had known about that before anyway and i was just like my my brain just went into like okay fuck this i gotta figure it out mode you know like immediately, immediately like day three instantly instantly like as soon as they told me and you know you know fast forward uh you know two and a half two year well actually no fast forward like a year and some change and then I got my first prosthetic leg. And meanwhile, the doctor that I had in Michigan here, he was also a drummer. So he like fully understood like the physics behind what I need to get back to it. And like when I need, when I explained to him like what I'm going to need, he, he got it. You know what I mean? Like I, it was just a crazy coincidence. Man. Yeah. That, um, that was just a coincidence, that, coincidence that you didn't pick a guy that was a drummer. Nope. I had no idea, dude. They, they, they put me on a Fleer jet from El Paso to Grand Rapids, Michigan. I landed and got, you know, hauled into my room where I'd be staying for the next month over Christmas and everything. My doctor came in to meet me. He's like, Hey, I'm Dr. Stephen Bloom. Hey, I'm a drummer too. Um, told Jeez, me about that his kind band of shit and, makes me believe in God. Dude, it's it, crazy. It's some crazy shit that makes me question like, you know, <laughs> like things happening for a reason and things meant to be like, there's a lot of, a lot of things that have happened even to this day that blow my mind. But yeah, like, you know, when I got my first prosthetic leg and I started to learn how to walk on it, I got comfortable with it, took a few months, whatever. And then I started seriously thinking about, okay, I need to like see about playing drums with this prosthetic leg um and so the hospital up there in grand rapids uh <clears throat> i worked with a bunch of um prosthetists and other um doctors and professionals up there to try and brainstorm ways to make this work while playing drums with a prosthetic leg above the knee and uh they made me one that was like it just kind of like very stiffly stuck out and angled down like in an L shape from the, from the tip of my, my limb. So it just like stuck that way. So that would be like my drumming leg. And it just like, I was having these issues with like, you know, that fake ankle and fake foot would just, you know, as I would play, it would just veer off. So it had to be bound somehow. So I met Garrison from, from DW actually, uh, Jay from Slipknot is the one who, introduced me to him and 
turns out Garrison has a place in Michigan close to me. So he drove to my house and they had made me a set of DW 5000s that had these really strong Velcro straps um, like bolted into the right foot plate. So that would strap over my shoe and it, my my foot wouldn't come off, right? You know, it wouldn't yeah. veer off the pedal. But um, And it worked. But after a while, I was just like, I can't get that stabbing power. Like I, I've always like hit hard and I'm a heel up drummer footwork wise. I... I like smashed the kick drum and I just, you know, my right was quiet and my left was normal and loud. And it just was like not, not working. Like I got really, really bummed out on it. And I kind of like went to this pretty dark place about like, I just don't even want to play drums anymore. It's not the same. It's never going to be the same. This sucks. And my dad, you know, and I, I went, I went back to stay with my parents post-accident for two years you know while i was recovering i had my family there to help me and my dad is a, a tinkerer he's a woodworker it's a hobby of his he makes things all the time and he told me he, he saw me struggling and saw that i was like losing that that fire that i have always had to play drums and he came up to me and he said that uh since day one in the hospital in el paso um when they had to take my leg, he had envisioned this device in his head because he immediately was like, he's going to have to be able to play drums with a pedal that comes up to his, you know, I have just like a little, a little limb, a little stump right there. He's going to have to have a pedal that comes up to that height. So he has no restrictions. And he went in our garage and fucking made it. <laughs> out of like spare materials and wood that he had laying around his garage and his workshop. Like the base of it is in a coffin shape and it's like countertop wood. And then he like bolted my pedals down and bolted this, this uh, metal rod that goes up to about like your snare drum height and attached to the end of that is another pedal. It's just like this leather pad. So, and then there's four, four legs that keep that sturdy and in place. So you attach it to a kick drum like you would normally. And I take the prosthetic leg off and I'm playing with this pedal that's up as high as my snare drum with just my stump. And I was and that, fucking Jesus blown away, Christ, blown away. I was like, holy shit. We like both broke down into tears. And like, I was like, this is going to fucking work. I can like tell this is the, the, we're on the right path. And like, that's it. I, I ran with it and we still are continuing to make revisions on it. And I think there's just so much more that I can do with it to help me even more. But I mean, that, that is what got me out of a rut and, and, and made it possible. Just this thing my dad dreamt up in his head, which is fucking insane. Man, that's the fucking coolest story ever like no offense to dw but like biggest best hardware company in the world can't do it and your fucking dad does it yeah and all these like doctors and medical professionals and people like they couldn't do it either you know like pretty pretty yeah. insane yeah um i think my dad's very proud of it rightfully so he should be you know i can't imagine you know putting myself in his shoes when we played our comeback show in LA and he was there for him to be out there and see like 
our crowd we had and that we like got back on stage, like that had to have been proudest moment, you know, for a father. Like man, just just so sick, man. So that was the thing I was looking at and trying to figure it out because it really does come up super high. Yeah. But I assumed that was like, because I couldn't really see, I assumed you were resting maybe your like hip on there and you still had a prosthetic leg. But no, you're actually just connecting to it. So what do you call it? Is it called the hammer or is that just the Kublai Khan song? <laughs> yeah, it's actually called the hammer. Um, that's actually, my mom is the one... <laughs> Who, th- who thought of the name. She just like, we should call it the hammer. And I was just like, that's fucking sick. It's a whole like family, family operation. <laughs> Man. Yeah. So, uh, have you like been in touch with any other drummers with like a similar <clears throat> situation or are you the only guy? You can't be the only guy. Uh, no. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of drummers out there um, that have lost legs and other limbs that are back to playing drums um i was in touch with um this dude his name's jason barnes and um you may have seen him like i think he had like a viral thing going around facebook a few years ago but he lost his uh, i believe right arm above the elbow and he made his own prosthesis um i have seen it you see that he it's got like a drumstick that's like attached to this swinging hinge and that's how he gets the action of swinging a stick yeah. it's fucking insane dude and he he's back to it, and I so I, I I've chatted with him a bunch here and there. Um, I actually, um, I can't remember if I messaged him or or he messaged me, but it was on Twitter, and it was very soon after the accident. But Rick Allen, like, uh, I got in touch with him, and he said like, "Hey, I'm sorry to hear this." He's like, "I know what you're going through." Um, like, let me know if, if there's anything I can do to help. And then really that was kind of it. I didn't really hear much from him after that, but, uh, yeah, there's, and then there's, there's just, you know, I, I definitely, that's, that's a, that was a hot topic for me to research after the accident was like drummers missing legs and there's more than you'd think out there. Yeah. Um, it's just Rick Allen. I'm fairly sure. I mean, not to disrespect Rick Allen or Def Leppard, but. It's not Ghost Inside. It's not Ghost Inside double pedal. Like, no, for sure. I what mean, you're doing is absolutely amazing. Yeah, like like the the difference is like you know pour some sugar on me versus like you know what I mean like and and it's also my right leg. It's my dominant leg. So even even more. Oh, I met this other guy. Fucking, he's the man. His name's Cactus Moser, and he's Winona Judd's husband. And he lost, he's, he's a drummer too. He's the drummer of her band and he lost his left leg above the knee in a motorcycle accident. And he got in touch with me. I talked with him a lot. Um, the man and yeah, there's just like the, the support groups and people that I had, I didn't, it wasn't even in an actual like support therapy group, just like our fans on social media and our label and management, all of our friends and other bands and all these people I met just like made this so much easier than it could have. I mean, it could have been so absolutely miserable, but I just am very lucky to have all these outlets and all these people to talk to about it and resources now, you know? It's fucking so... I'm, like, just speechless, just taking it all in, which never happens on the podcast. Usually I talk more than the other person. Um, 
I'm a talker sometimes, dude. I got to work on it. I'm a talking son, son of a bitch. <laughs> I don't have to do any fucking work. Um, so at what point did you do your solo stuff then? Um, so, yeah, like I, I started working on the one decade stuff. I would say I think it was probably January of 2017. I was uh, it was sort of right in the middle, dude, of like that. Uh, that kind of like little rut I was in where I wasn't feeling drums and not didn't want to play. But I was like just itching to be creative and get creativity out and ideas and i've played guitar actually longer than i've played drums and uh i've i've written a lot of music and i'm i'm just like a a songwriter type you know so it's always been probably even a if i'm being honest bigger passion to me than playing drums like i love playing drums and i love playing drums live but even more than that i like writing music and and uh and creating so 2017 when i was in that rut i just kind of was like i gotta do something i gotta like just i have all these ideas in my head and i want to get them out so that's when i started doing it and um i called it one decade um because i'm dude i'm so i don't know how you are if you've ever tried have you ever named any of your old bands the um no i've never ba- named a band in my life it's fucking hard coming up with a name that is gonna sound cool like <laughs> i had so much trouble with it so i i just tried to like think of something that like represented me and the music i had i didn't think of the name till way after the music was written but what i was writing was like this you know genty groovy melodic heavy but not like overly technical crazy it's still like it's got a little bit of technicality to it but mostly it's like catchy stuff and 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 it's just kind of like a combination of like my influences and heavy music that i've learned since the day i went on tour till the day of the accident which was 2005 to 2015 one decade and that's just kind of how i came up with it boom there it is you know what's sick about it it's Maybe the only one of those like instrumental genty bands which is written by a drummer. I think yeah. that's why I like it so much because the grooves are all correct. Oh yeah. You know, like some some of these bands with the program drums and stuff, the grooves are the guitarist just following his frets. Yeah. And it drives me fucking mental. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I uh yeah, that's obviously like, you know, and I and I I programmed all those drums. Those aren't that's not me playing drums. A lot of people probably think that and I remember seeing comments when I first released it like, "Dude, you're back. He can play." And I'm like, "Well, <laughs> no." I'm uh I mean, yeah, but it's still like it's def you could definitely play it. There's nothing unplayable on there. No, no. I I yeah, no, I'm a firm believer in making sure even if it's programmed that it's possible, you know. But yeah. Yeah, no, I paid a lot of attention when writing. Uh, I would write the riffs, but I would then construct the drums around it to, especially with my flavor. Like, I'm, God, I'm obsessed with just like triplet kick fills all over the place, yeah. just flopping feet around and there's tons of it in there. And splashes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember a- Drew, Drew put it on in the van. And I didn't know that you'd even done it. I think you might have sent Drew some stuff early. Oh, I did. And definitely. I was like, I woke up and I was like, who the fuck is this? And he was like, it's Andrew. And I was like, what? <laughs> it was like, 
And then he explained the whole thing. I was like, fuck, this is so sick. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, it's fun, man. I, I love doing it um, when I have the time. Um, there's so many nice splash fills in there. Yeah. There's love the, a splash in a fill. And, and, you know, I wouldn't normally, I don't use a splash when I play drums in real life, but like um, I was using the, uh, the, uh, the kit, the, the program that the periphery guys made that get good drums. Yeah, Nolly and Matt and Misha and uh, dude, just those those drums sound awesome. And uh, I mean, there's there's a few little extra little flavors in there. So I I was playing around with splashes, and I was just like, oh, cool, it's different, something I wouldn't do. So I, I, I threw some shit in. I have a thing with Dan from Architects where we have to add something every album cycle. So last album cycle, I. I added I think he's on like 11 symbols now last album cycle I, I added a splash and oh, this sick. one I added a little mini hat and then next time I'm going to add a mini china and we're just going to end up looking like fucking Lamb of God <laughs> Lamb of God in a hardcore but Dan's is like Dan has like three crashes two mini chinas two sets of hi-hats now it's just because he just adds one thing every fucking album cycle oh that's amazing and then do you guys do you guys like stick to it and keep with it like even on tour yeah that's amazing i fucking it sucks love more for me oh, it sucks funny. more for me because i don't have a drum tech but oh yeah dan's like <laughs> addicted to just adding stuff as well oh that's amazing and he's he's fucking phenomenal person and drummer yeah he's, he's just the, the best. best yeah dude um that's so funny all these little like all these little things we have with our friends, we're all kind of in the same circle of friends with these, you know, you like architects, straight ghost inside. All these bands are like buddies and we have all these dumb inside jokes and things we do. It's amazing. I love it. I, even, I mean, even before this podcast earlier, me and you made a new inside joke, which was just <laughs> playing word association. Yeah. Yeah. It would just, it just happened organically and we were killing I'm going to read, I'm going to read, I'm going to read it out. Yeah. yeah read it. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Um, rock music. Oh, this, it actually started like this. Do you want to do this podcast in 55 minutes? You say, yes, sir. And then I say, rock music. You go, tour. Touring musicians, bunks, green rooms. <laughs> I say, illegal Pete's. You say, Denver, CBD, Marquee Theater. I say, it's legal here, bro. The right strain. You say, the Acacia strain. The Joshua Tree. Bono. Mono, the band, kissing disease, mono, the disease. And then it just goes crazy. At one point it gets to tooth and nail records and then, na and then, and then nails, the hardware item, teeth, the mouth item, horse, the band, band of horses, the Neil Young album. And then I made a meme, which was just a picture of someone's nice nails. And it says nails. And then we started the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It was a good warm up. It was getting our. It was an exercise. We were getting our brains. You know, we were getting our brains. Yeah, going. I'm I'm fucking lubed up after that. You just do um, it every day. Hey, here's the thing. Whatever happened to your comedy shit? Oh yeah, I was um, I was gonna continue doing that, and then something came up. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, wait, what happened? Yeah, I was just, yeah, the, after everything happened, I just like obviously had, I just had no time or like, and couldn't move. So, uh, you know, that just kind of, that just kind of fell off. So, M me and Dragon Neck have been writing sketches. 
We have so many sketches. I think you have so many sketches. I feel like we could do a nice sketch comedy series. I think we actually could, and I would love to get into that world. I've always wanted to, and like, I think if like if we all just sat in a room and just dicked around, we would create skits just from nothing, just by being idiots. Like that's how, like I do it with friends and like my brothers all the time. We'll just riff off each other with like stupid impressions, and then like it'll turn into things that have story. I mean, dude, I have some fucking crazy shit. We we should do it. I'm so up for it. I have a notes thing on my phone from when me and Dragon Neck are doing exactly what you're you're saying, but we do it in the van. Yeah. And I have a notes thing. It's like five pages long of oh, just so sick. dumb sketches that we've come up with. And because he does it. like, he does all the video and his missus does like prosthetic effects. Oh, yeah. Like the possibilities are endless. That's amazing. Just God. like slam it up on YouTube. Yeah, it'd be amazing. I'm seriously so down. I don't know how we. I'm going to send you after this. I'm going to send you my notes thing. Yeah, I want. I want to get down if you're into it. <laughs> That's. Uh, I love Nick so much. Oh, he's such a funny fucking bastard. You know, I. He's uh, getting on the podcast. Dude, he needs to do it. Yeah, I. I. I scored one of his uh, uh, short horror films. Did you do the passage? Uh, no, did I did uh, the lights. Oh, the alien thing. The alien one. Yeah. Man, that's so sick. Yeah, I was stoked because um, we had been talking. Like, I'm always like, dude, if you have anything, let me. I was like, I wanna, I wanna score something. I wanna do something with like horror movies and make creepy shit. And he just one night he's like, hey, I have this idea. We're gonna film it in like two days. I want you to do it. And I was like, fuck yeah, I got right to work. So sick, man. When he sent me that, I was actually blown away. Yeah, like, he's insane. It's like a short, a short. A short film about a fucking alien abduction, isn't it? But it looks so high budget. It seriously looks so pro. It's crazy. He's a fucking freak, man. He's so good at if it. Anyone, if anyone doesn't know, he does all the stray videos. And he just like levels up. Every time we do a new video, it's like he'll send it back. And I'm like, this looks like it cost us a million dollars. Dude, yeah. And it, it cost us $3,000. Yeah, he probably just like wanted like, for- wanted like ramen and that's it. He really does want ramen. <laughs> yeah, he did a he did a Ghost Inside video too, the video for Move Me. Fuck yeah, and he's just getting better all the time. Anyway, let's stop sucking him off. Um, <laughs> do you want to talk about the accident? You talked briefly about it. Yeah, I've got some questions, but we don't have to. No, I'm talk good. Man. About it, hit me. I'm an open book, man. Is it me. all like settled so you can talk about? Whose fucking fault it was? That I can't. I can't talk ah, about. Yeah. I didn't think so. Okay, so change that. Um, you said you were pretty much conscious for the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, dude, it's fucking crazy. It's, it's, it's pretty unreal. We played Lubbock, Texas. It was on November 18th. 2015 Lubbock, Texas at Jake's sports cafe. And, uh, we had like, a, I think it was kind of a late bus call that night. Uh, and it was just us on the bus, us and crew and, uh, and our driver, obviously. And then I think it was a late bus call. By the time we left, everyone was already asleep. Everyone was already passed out in their bunks. And, uh, I mean, for the most part, I just, 
went to bed and woke up in hell. Like I, I, I have a faint memory of hearing a loud bang and feeling kind of the van bump, but it was like, I didn't feel the impact on my body. It was like, it was like having a dream, but you're half awake. So all you see is blackness and you just hear a bang. And then I, and then I don't remember anything else, but waking up and like looking up in the sky and we were in the middle of the desert. We were like super close to Las Cruces, New Mexico. Uh, we were in route. Was it to, daylight? Yeah, it was, it was nine in the morning. So it was, it was sunrise already. It was bright. And yeah, we were, and you we could were, just see the sky. Yeah. I was, I woke up, I was on my back sitting in a bunch of chunks of sharp wood and metal and it literally looked like a scrapyard. Like there's no other way to describe it that it, other than it looked like a scrapyard. And uh, for a second, I th fully thought like I was dreaming and this is, this isn't real kind of thing. And then I realized that it, it, it happened and all I could smell was diesel fuel and um, I was just laying there and I could hear, I could hear my guys just screaming like Fucking could, hell. could, could hear it. But like, I couldn't really, I couldn't really like turn my, my, my torso or like my pretty much my whole upper body, like shoulders to waist. I couldn't really turn or, or, or anything. All I could really do was kind of tilt my head up just enough to like look down at my feet. And, uh, when I realized this was happening, I, I, I couldn't feel the pain of my leg, but I knew that something felt off and I looked down and my right leg, my heel was where my toes should have been. Oh my God. So, so I, I like put my head back down and I was like, well, it's in my head. I'm going, it's for sure broken. Like this happened. This is real. Holy fuck. And then something, something in me. I just started telling myself, catch your breath, breathe in throughout in your, breathe in your nose, out your mouth. Don't let your heart rate get elevate too high. Just, just breathe, breathe in deeply and out deeply. There will be, you know, ambulance here, whatever police here soon. First responders just get to the hospital. I was, I, I remember thinking in my head, literally, I was like, I, the, I, this is not it. I can't, I can't be done right now. I have to, I, I, my family needs me, my mom, my dad, my brothers, you know, my friends. Like I, I was just like, th this isn't going to be how it ends. Like I was like, just breathe and control your breathing. And that's what fucking got me through it, dude. Like I literally just, just like in through the nose, out the mouth. So I like went into fucking Zen mode. And I was in shock, so I couldn't feel pain. I felt fucking nothing, dude. Nothing. Felt no pain. I just breathed in and just kept doing that. And, uh, dude, I, I didn't feel like it. I mean, I, I guess it kind of did, but, you know, I heard first responders start showing up. And uh, Timmy was my you, – you, Timmy toured with you guys, right? Yeah, I love Timmy. Yeah, he's the man. And he was, he was my drum tech. And uh, – he, I remember one point he like came up to me and was hovering over me. He's just like, you want some water? And I was like, 
I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he like very carefully poured a little bit of water into like just, just little drips of water so I could have something. And, uh, and then he, he walked away and then I started hearing first responders showing up and, um, it was, it, this is when I started kind of going in and out, but like still can just fully remember. Um, and, uh, I remember hearing people, you know, police and, and paramedics talking and I swear to God, like something in my brain, I heard it wrong, but I swear I heard someone go, yeah, Chris is dead. So I was laying there and that's that, what that didn't happen. He, he survived, but like for like an hour, I was laying there thinking that my friend died because I thought I heard someone say it. And that's fucked up. And yeah. And then I guess we were laying there for like two hours before anyone showed up and, uh, or actually I, I think people showed up like an hour maybe into it. And then it was another hour before everyone got put in an ambulance or in a helicopter to get to the hospital. An hour. Of yes. everyone just fucking of everyone laying there and screaming, yes, because we were so oh fucking far. God. We were so far out in the middle of nowhere, desert El Paso, and yeah, got to the hospital. All that stuff happened. They had to take my leg because it was infected. It, w- it became like septic, gangrenous, and they just they tried saving it and they just couldn't. It was it was either take my leg or I was going to die. And uh, my dad was there, and he's the one that. Uh, he had to sign for it. So you can imagine how hard that would be for a father. Um, uh, he fucking built you the new shit. Yeah, exactly. He's redeemed himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I also, I mean, I, I thanked him for making that call because they showed us what quality of life I would have had if they had been able to save my real leg. They, this doctor like got up and he goes, yeah, if, if we can save it as it is now, your son will probably walk like this for the rest of his life. And he demonstrated walking, dragging a dead he, leg he behind him. De- he demonstrated. He, I'm he, sorry, I'm laughing. I'm fu- laughing no, it's fine, because it's I'm fine. so uncomfortable. No, it's fine. He he did. He did, though. Like, he's like, this is what he's going to walk like. And, and like, walked, like, dragging his leg. Oh and, and I'm so glad my dad was like, no, take it. Because with my prosthetic leg, I don't have to drag it. I can at least walk. So I, I'll take that over over what he was saying. You know what I mean? So, and then, uh, yeah, man, there were like first responders that like came back to the hospital like a couple weeks later to visit us and check on us. Like two of the guys, I think one of them was like a Marine or, or a Navy, maybe just Army, I don't know. But military, these guys, they, they said like, yeah, we've been, uh, we've been, you know, out in the field and we've seen, uh, like Hummers and tanks get hit with RPGs that look better than your bus. Fuck. That's how, like, that's how, like, much of a disaster the, the bus looked like. And, uh, that was crazy to hear stuff like that. They also told us the stretch of road that we, our crash was on, uh, I guess people in that area call it the Bermuda Triangle of El Paso because they said there's just been countless uh, accidents right there where it happened to us that, like, they couldn't really ever figure out what happened. That's so fucking spooky. Bizarre. There's a lot of spooky shit around it, man. It's it's crazy, but... 
Do you know what I feel like on this podcast, just to change the subject a little bit, because I can see the waveform, right? And it's like you talking, and then I just go, fuck. I feel like, you know, when Joe Rogan has someone who's way cleverer than him on it, and they're like talking about fucking the science of sleep and all this shit, and he just oh, goes, yeah. yo, bro, fucking whoa. It's just because I can't <laughs> add anything. I can't, yeah. I, all I can do is listen. Yeah, well, I mean... You know, uh, like you said, you had, you were even, I, I I mean, at least you were like courteous enough to be like, Hey, is there anything you don't want to talk about? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good. Like I'm, I'm totally comfortable with talking about it. So I also like you're maybe if not the most requested guest to have, because everyone has that fucking, uh, morbid curiosity, I guess. And oh, sure. also wants to know how the fuck you can still shred, but I I remember telling you because somebody said you were up for it, and I remember just hitting you up saying I'm not going to pressure you, but you can come on as soon as you want, and or you don't have to, or just if you want to come on and just talk about other shit, then just do it. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And I get loads of people are like, you should get Andrew on, and I'm like, I'm not going to fucking pressure you to do it because yeah. it's obviously a horrible thing to talk about even like talk, I talked I did tissue um, I did uh, Timmy's first tour back was with us mm-hmm. and he you know he didn't lose a leg and he's still fucked up from it I've talked with tissue since then your sound guy he's still fucked up from it mm-hmm. you lost a fucking leg so the last thing I want to do is like bring it up loads i mean i know i just said you lost a leg three times now so it's all good dude saying that i don't know man everyone everyone deals with things differently and processes things in their own way and i i just i guess just the way i am i just do it differently and i I don't know i i i don't ever have a problem talking about this stuff that you know the one thing that that is most annoying is when a stranger will come up and just so bluntly go, <laughs> it's kind of fucked up, but I make a joke about this sometimes. We're like, literally this guy once came up to me and goes, where'd it go? <laughs> no. I swear to God, in a grocery store. And I was like, huh? He's like, how'd where you lose it? Where did it go? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he went to the shops. I went to the fucking different shop. It's gone to the Blockbuster. Yeah, it's what fucking... fuck? <laughs> dude, yeah, people just like... Like, the people that come up like that, it's like, oh, it's so punishing, dude. And like, they'll they'll be like, oh, what happened? I'll be like, oh, I was in a horrific accident. My tour band... My tour got in a... Or, I just fucked that up. My, my rock band got in a tour bus crash. You know, like, I don't want to say that. I'll just be like, I was in an accident and I lost it. And then they're kind of just like, oh... And it's like, yep. Anything else? What are they Where, expecting? Where's the conversation go now? And then like some of them will be like, oh man, well like this happened to me and this happened to me. And I'm like, okay, so now now you're comparing? Like I'm just oh, trying to God. buy, I'm just trying to buy like a Gatorade, dude. I'm out of here. You know, that can what get color? annoying. Uh, yeah. Lemon lime, dude. Classic. Oh, I'm an I, ice you- cold lemon lime. I used to be a blue Gatorade guy, like strictly, but it makes my poopies a funny color, like green, and I don't really? like that. Yeah, so I've switched to the Glacier ch- glacier Cherry, you know, the white one? Yeah, that's Real. a fucking banger. Also, yeah, green poop. No, thank you. Not for me. No, I don't not like it. for me either. Whenever it happens, I'm like, what's going on with me? How do I fix yes. this? What do I do? <laughs> Some sort of Gatorade poisoning, I think. 
Yeah, uh, no, weird. but I hate that with anyone, let alone I can imagine it's mental with, you know, actually what you're going through, but people that compare shit. Like, I... No, because that will be comparing. But <laughs> it sucks. When <laughs> you you've gone through it. something and somebody... It's totally different. It's not a physical thing. I went through some, like, mental stuff recently. Yeah. And all anyone wants to do... Because I put it on a podcast, because I was like, I don't give a fuck, I'll talk about it. But all anyone wants to do is, like, they'll ask, how are you doing for, like, maybe upwards of you know between 20 and 40 seconds yeah. of how how's all that stuff and then it's like well I'm going through this and this time I went through this nah, 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 nah. and I get it if that's maybe your therapy but please don't talk to me about it and I yeah. can imagine with what you're going through it's times a fucking thousand I think we're just as humans we're just curious we're curious creatures and yeah just it, it depends on the way you bring it up there have been people, complete strangers that have come up and been like, hi, like, uh, I don't, I don't mean to, if to like offend you or anything, but I am genuinely curious of, of, of how this happened. And if you don't mind, and, and when they bring it up like that, like, I'm fine with it, but it's people who come up and like tap me on the shoulder and they, they go, how'd you lose your leg? <laughs> Just like, I mean, God, get out of here. <laughs> The former of those is still crazy to me. Like, I don't... If I see anyone anywhere, that's like... Yeah, I would never none do of that. your fucking business. No, I would never But the never other one... The second one that you mentioned is, in my head, no offense, such an American thing. It's so I don't, fucking American, I don't think that would dude. ever happen over here. No one would do that over here. No, probably not. We'd do the first one, definitely, but... <laughs> yeah, and it's different when, how, like, too, you know, if there's, like, you know fans or people that are curious like i'm totally cool with it like you know as long as like i feel okay with it it's kind of a situational thing i guess sometimes but you know if if, if i were not you know in my situation i'm in now and i saw someone who was i would let just let leave them be i wouldn't be like looking down at it I mean, maybe I would when they weren't looking, but... <laughs> Yo, so, let's talk about Will Putney and being in a band that's recorded an album with Will Putney. Oh, I fucking love Will so much. He's the man. Yeah, we uh, we we hit it off, like, right away. Um, Is that the first record you've done with him? That's the first record we've... Yeah, this one, this new one's the first one we've done with Will. Yeah. Have you got a name for it? Is it is it is it common knowledge? Uh, we don't actually. I don't think we have quite settled on a name yet. Um, but the record is done, and literally is as that- of like last night, it's like we're like listening to the the mix and and all this stuff. So super exciting! But wow, yeah, is that common knowledge? Have I got a scoop? Uh, we have we have definitely been alluding to it. Here and there on social media, like, Jesus. Oh yeah, I saw Vigil talking about mixes on his Twitter. I think so. Yeah, and like even like actually, it was about a year ago. Uh, it was January of last year. The guys came to my house to. I have I turned one of my bedrooms into a little studio setup, and they came out so we could kind of start writing it. <clears throat> Dilusia again. 
Yeah. Are you tapping your AirPods um, by chance? Uh, I can't remember. Maybe I did. Does that hang up? Is it, I think if you double tap, it hangs up. Oh, yeah. One was kind of falling out, and I did push it back in. Maybe that's what it was. I won't touch them are from you, now on. Are you still recording? I am, yeah. Okay. Did you finish what you were saying? I this did finish. Shit, shit show. What, did, what was the last thing you said? No, it's not your fault. What was the last thing you said? Uh, I was saying that a year ago, I, around a the year ago today, yep, the guys came and we started writing. And did Will come to you or did you go to Will? So we, um, when we got a hold of Will telling him we were interested in him producing the record, we uh, we also had Jeremy from A Day to Remember on board, uh, which we've had on the last two records. So how it worked was we f- we first initially met up in Orlando at Jeremy's studio and Andrew Wade's studio to like do these pre-pro demos and stuff. Um, and that was in May of last year. Uh, so he came there and we also all flew to Florida and we spent like, I don't know, two or three weeks in Orlando. And then we... Uh, we took a little break because we had to do our comeback show in July and we had to prepare for that. So we did that and then went right back to Belleville, good old Belleville, New Jersey <gasps> to finish, actually track the record and all of that. So all right, the, da- the downbeat podcast is making Belleville a visit, like a tourist destination because <laughs> I've done two episodes there and Everyone that comes on has been there and recorded, and we all talk about how shit it is, but actually how fucking sick it is. So it's true. Just a, it's just a vibe. There's, there's a, just there's a good a vibe. vibe with all the guys in the studio. Oh, I love them all. Steve and Randy and Gio, Matt. All those guys are so sick, and it was so fun hanging out and working with everyone. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's like the most charmingly uncharming place ever. Like, yeah, hanging out out front next to the dumpster with like the piss mattresses with the piss with fucking what, what are they calling uh, <laughs> uh, M- mush. mush mush i was gonna i was gonna say like squish or some fucking shit yeah mush <laughs> fucking mush in the piss mattresses. yeah fuck that guy oh man yeah how much a- did you did you hang out with steve a fair bit steve is fucking unbelievable human i did i did uh there was there was a few nights where will had like a a quick little project he had to work on on the side and uh steve would come in and work with us and (laughs) dude there was one night where we like we didn't do shit we were just like showing each other our favorite like really dumb youtube videos and like listening (laughs) that sounds like steve terrible bands and like that's all we do when we're there it's my favorite (laughs) fucking thing to do and steve's always got a new one steve's so good he's just like he's got like a really like low soft-spoken voice but everything he says is like funny bangers He's like that yeah. type of humor. Uh, yeah, he's awesome. Uh, we often share our favorite uh, like memes with each other, like the Kurger Bing, which is that Burger King weird one where they yeah 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 I know. <laughs> the Pebbit the Pebbit the one yeah Pebbis and Pancocks and weird Steve Brule type oh, lingo. I was just gonna come out with a good with a Steve classic, but it's f- so insane that I can't. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I just can't put it out there. It's not like mega offensive. It's just so insane. I, I would like his permission before doing it. Yeah, I for think sure. once I think once he came into the room and went, yeah, I'm going home now, guys. I'll see you in hell, but I'll be in heaven. <laughs> oh, that's so sick. <laughs> and, and then he left. 
That's another thing too. Like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, like, dude, they're the way they talk to each other has rubbed off on me so much. Like, I find myself because we spent so much time there. I'm always going so sick or like insane or like oh disaster person. Like that's how I talk now. They fully like that's, that's so Will Putney disaster person. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's fully rubbed off on me, and I love it. Um, yeah, yeah, he it, he's amazing, dude. Will is a fucking maniac dude there there was a day uh ice tea was in there and uh we went in nope. and because because we were we were about to start but he was doing some stuff for body count real quick and then ice tea came out and we were all hanging out in like the the very front room with like the couch and the tv and all that before you go yeah. into will studio and like we were just chatting with with him and stuff and then uh will comes out and ice tea was like he's like well you guys went to the right place, man. Will Putney is the Dr. Dre of metal. Wow. Yeah. And, and like he walked in, he left in his fucking Bentley. And then uh, <laughs> I just looked at Will. I was like, Ice-T just called you the Dr. Dre of metal. So. That's unbelievable. Why hasn't Will told me that? Do you know what I thought you were going to say there? Yeah. I thought you were going to say Ice-T comes out and goes, where'd it go? <laughs> yeah. he But... Dude, he uh, he's also the man. But yeah, like, can you imagine that compliment? Someone giving you a compliment like that—that's <laughs> so insane. It's it's the best compliment you could possibly it's, have. It's the best, and uh, yeah. So, dude, Will is just a maniac, man. Like we, uh, um, I did like, um, I, I I'd say it's probably fair to say I did like the majority of like the writing and even the playing like uh, with guitars and stuff, but like everyone had their input. Like everyone did, everyone did multiple things and performed multiple things on this record, which is awesome. Like everyone sang something like everyone like played an instrument, even vigil, like does like a ring out on a guitar just so like we can say everyone did everything on the record. It's awesome. But, uh, Will and I, when we sat down and like just started riffing, uh, when we were in Florida, it just clicked immediately. Like we both knew where each other, like where our heads were at with like where we wanted with like direction and like rhythms and stuff. It was just so fucking easy and natural. Like it was such a good experience, man. I loved it. He's the man. What for? And what's, what's the mix like King of the mix? <sighs> it's a Will Putney mix, man. He, he's, he's, he's a Dr. Dre. He's the Dr. Dre. A metal. And that's it fine. Gets, it just gets better every record as yeah. well. Dude, the drums are so fucking sick, dude. They just sound... Oh, we use that snare, dude. I know you love that snare. That VK. Use the VK or use the bell brass, the tamar? The VK, I believe. Oh, wow. That's sick. Um, Maybe it was the tamar. Jesus, why can't I remember? Uh, did it? Was it a hammer with a VK hoop on it? That's what it was. That, on yes, the top. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. It was the the brass hoops. Yeah. Will Putney owes me so fucking bad for that, right? So <laughs> I came to do only death is real with Stray, and I brought my Tamar Bell brass, and then Will's like, "Ah, uh, I need one. How can I get one?" Uh, <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, so I'll buy, I'll buy one for the states. You can." split it or whatever and we'll just leave it here and then 
when I flew back to do internal atomics, I brought my VK hoop and the same thing. He goes, ah, anyone. <laughs> and then I was like, let me speak to the guy from VK. And I told the guy from VK, I was like, look, Will Putney really wants this. I didn't say this, but he's the Dr. Dre of metal. It will be on every recording coming out of Graphic Nature. Can you sell me another one at a cheap price? And the guy from VK was just like, just give him yours and then I'll give you another one. Oh, sick. So I gave it to Will out of the kindness of my heart. God, you're I a believe sweetheart. he said, oh, thanks. And that was it. He didn't even buy me sushi or anything. But That, that sounds like... <laughs> oh, it sounds like Will. It sounds like Will. <laughs> That sounds like him. Oh, that's sick, though. Yeah. <laughs> the price you get for the Dr. Dre amount. Yeah. Um, sure. Let's do top five bands. I think I've taken enough of your goddamn time. You can give me a top five bands, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about them a bit if we've got any in common. And okay. then, because you've got shows coming up, but you fucking they, they sell out immediately, so no one can get tickets. There's no point in plugging it. Yeah, yeah, we got the. Have you got a tentative album release time, or can you not talk about that? Mm, I don't. I don't think I can talk about uh, it quite uh, yet. But okay, top, I have. I have a strong feeling that we'll be able to talk about that soon. So, so be on the lookout for that. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, immediately, immediately, <laughs> fucking advertisers' voice. Okay, give me a top five bands. Give me top some five, five to one, or, or are they in no order? This is in no order. Um. Okay. Might have to do some thinking too. I'm gonna come out the gate with uh misery signals. So many people say this on the podcast and I have nothing to add because no. I never got it. Yeah, that uh What's your favorite edit of Malice? Is that your one? That's that the you, one you dude. go to? That is the one. Um I tried it again recently because I'm going through a like oh a miserable phase and you know, that's like along the same lyrical ballpark is like poison the well and shit like that yeah and i tried it again i just can't get into it i think if someone were to hear that record for the first time now i don't think it would have the effect it had like when i heard it when it first came out in 2004 you know what i mean i think it's like one of those kind of things like but yeah just just uh that record just probably the biggest influence on my style of writing and just i mean i still to this day like once a month at least i'm playing that front to backing that record like 100 percent um nice let's see give me another band so i can talk about it another band oh god i haven't put much thought into this either i gave you pre-warning i think i gave you two days that's more than most people listen man i was talking about my tragedy I couldn't think about bands. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, Lo- I love it. I love it. You know, you got to joke. You got you to gotta laugh. You got to laugh about it. Um, here's another one. Uh, man, this is more of like a, for me, top five records. Um, another record I'm always blasting. To this You're day. always twisting the top five rules. Yeah, I'm okay? fucking your Side shit up, note. aren't I? You are fucking the shit up, but carry on. Uh, you know what it else? What else it is too is like when I'm put on the spot, I like, I, it's an obvious answer, and I just can't think of it. My brain goes, uh, uh. forty-eight hours of notice is not being put on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, go on, give me this record then. 
I would say under oath, they're only chasing safety. Everyone that says misery signals also says under oath. Those records came out at the exact same time too. So that might be Uh, something to do with that. Um, Hmm. Let me think here. Uh, Definitely Blink-182 for me. Okay, now we're talking. What's your What's your favorite Blink album? I would have to say probably Enema of the State. Classic. Um, number uh, two? Number two, probably Self-Titled. And then number three, Pants and Jacket? That's correct. That is, I would say, the correct order. That's- I would say maybe Self-Titled goes number one for me often because i'm an emo kid dude it's so good yeah i i actually more as of as of more you know the more recent years i actually i probably listened to that one the most but when i was like you know little kid growing up when i first heard what's my age again and all that um yeah it's the drumming dude yeah the drumming is insane and speaking of speaking of that he travis is also someone who was a big help to me with our with our stuff um I really met, <clears throat> yeah i met him through the a day to remember guys and uh we chatted at the at the show and he just told kevin he's like yeah give him my number and all this stuff and he's like he's cool like i'd like to talk to him more and for about like two weeks i mean i was just it was just me and him texting and like talking about you know what he went through with his plane crash and the crash Fuck. and like how oh, i'm sorry I, I keep fucking up your top five bands thing going off on another tangent no, but this this, this is, is worth, absolutely th- fine yeah this you is can worth go talking off on this about. tangent but naming fucking one city instead of a, a country no but travis barker <laughs> texting yes right yeah and like like it's like it's like two weeks like he he fully took the time to like have real conversations with me and like I told him where my head was at and he was like, this reminds me of, you know, where my head was at too. And was a guy who was just super reassuring about, about getting me getting back to it and telling me like that it's possible. And I like, I bought his book and read it and dude, he's just, he's the fucking man. He's so sick and so easy to talk to and relatable, you know? So that was that was really huge for me. It was also right in that weird little rut I was in. So that helped a lot. Man, that's fucking cool. Yeah. It's so cool to hear that he's a cool guy because he seems like a cool guy. And he, he's such a sick drummer. He's so he's, sick, He now is even twice the drummer he was back then. Oh, He's incredible. Yeah, yeah it's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, he he's insane, and like, I mean, an absolute influence on my drumming for sure, without a doubt. Like, oh, hundred percent. Blink fan before I ever even played drums, you know. So like, that was one of the things, you know, that especially, you know, Enema of the State when that came out, the drumming was the thing that stood out the most to me and fucking made me wanna wanna play drums. That and Slipknot oh. self titled. And at same time, like I'd never heard anything like. The blink drumming though, because before then there was never like techy fucking sick drums in 
what is essentially pop music. Yeah, for real. Like I mean, a pop punk band with like crazy technical drums and like super composed drums. He writes drum hooks, dude. Yeah. He writes And there's parts never that- been someone since, even in pop punk. No right. one does like no one rips as much as he does. No, or did no. It's crazy. He's the goat, and like, yeah, he writes drum parts that even just everyday normies know how the drum part goes. He writes drum hooks. It's fucking sick. Nice. Okay, that's a good blink chat. We finally got a good chat in your twisted top five. Okay, <laughs> two two more. Um, you're probably gonna hate these because I'm a I'm a a fan of new metal. To this day, I still am. Uh, Seven Dust. Wow. Great um, drummer. I couldn't name you a song, but I know the drummer's fucking sick. Morgan Rose is so fucking sick and just has the most insane groove. And all that stuff, like home and animosity, was so ahead of its time. Like, uh, I, that's just a band I still listen to all the time. Uh, yeah, absolutely love Seven Dust. Tom puts them on quite a lot in the van, and I like it every time, but then I never go and listen to it. But I remember Morgan Rose having those sticks without the tips. Oh, yeah. And that was, like, back in the day, I was like, what? Yeah, crazy. Does that even work, bro? Bro, Tom, does that work? So Tom was rocking Seven Dust, because I remember he came up to me once, and he's like, he's like, hey, tell me about Seven Dust. He's like, I want to give him a shot, but, like, I want to get why. And I think I kind of told him just probably more or less the same thing I just told you. So that's cool that he actually listens to him now. Is that a thing? Yeah, he got it. It's you, awesome. You did it. You spread it the word. Spread it the word. Spread the word. <laughs> yep. Um, right, number five. You number five? One, and I'm gonna, we're going to bounce. Yep. I would probably I'd probably say Deftones. Nice. Now we're fucking cooking with gas. What? Um, what's your favorite Deftones? This might be... The unpopular if, opinion. If you say gore, I'm deleting the entire fucking podcast <laughs> right now. It's definitely not gore, and I wouldn't blame you. I would, uh, <laughs> I'd be pretty bummed okay. out at myself. Uh, okay, good. Koino Yokin. Wow. It is controversial, but it's not gore controversial. No, but it's, and you know, I obviously like, you know, around the fur is what I, what I first heard, you know. I actually, you know, around the fur is a, one of the first songs I ever, like, tried to learn on drums so like that that was a huge record and then obviously white pony everything they've done is solid gold in my opinion for the most part but i think koino Gore is solid solid duty yeah i, I was pretty i actually just I think it's production. about gore yeah it could be but even just yeah i don't know man like diamond eyes and then koino yokin and then gore came out and it just was a little bit of a letdown i'm not gonna lie but uh Damn, Koino Yokin's so good, man. You just can't go from having like Terry Date in the literally the best drum sounds in the genre and then having an album that sounds like a black metal album. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. Uh like like how good is uh oh my god, my AirPods are gonna die. How good is the drums on White Pony? Like how many sound guys ring out a room to digital bath, you know? <laughs> Every single sound guy on planet yeah. fucking earth. So good. Even like fucking around the fur, my own summer, the snare, that little Tom snare, boom, bah, boom, bah, boom, boom. Oh, dude, it's so tight and cracky, but oh, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, definitely. I tones, actually man. know, I found out from his drum tech what those snares were. 
So the digital bath snare mm-hmm. is a 13 by... No, it's a 14 by 6 Orange County 30-ply with two vents in it. Oh, wow. Maple. And the around the fur drum is a 13 by 6, I want to say. Same spec. That actually doesn't surprise mm. me. No, the, th- the 13. That, cool, yeah. But the digital bath ones are 14. Doesn't yeah. sound like it though, does it? Cracked no. like a mother, like a yeah. motherfucker. It is so cracky, dude. It's mixed so sick. It sounds incredible. The whole album fucking rips, and he's oh, such yeah. a great creative drummer. He really is, dude. And watching him, and he's is always like effortless. And he's always rocking like relatively unheard of bands, which have sick drummers. I remember seeing them about maybe six or seven years ago, and he had a Gojira T-shirt on, and I was like, this motherfucker knows what's up. So like, sick. You know, bef- before Gojira like, blew up. Yeah. Talk about another insane drummer. Jesus. Yeah. Gojira, like, Gojira drift in and out of my top five. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they're incredible. I've got, like, a top three and then two that sort of... What's your favorite Gojira song? My favorite Gojira song is such a deep cut. Oh, yeah? It is... It's one of the bonus tracks on... Hang on, my dog needs letting out. You are ruining the podcast. <laughs> I'm surprised my dog's been quiet. Um, it's called... This... Oh, fuck, I can't even remember what it's called because I just know it's the secret track. Not the secret track. A, um, it's like a B-side or something. On the the slipcase edition of L'Enfant Savage, mm. um, this emptiness—that's what it's called—and um, it's like a track thirteen or whatever. It's not on the normal album, but it's fucking crazy heavy. Dude, hell yeah, they're um, so good. Yeah, I, th- I think mine's mine's a uh, mine's probably a common one. Flying whales. It was the first one I ever heard, and it so still good. is just fuck. So good. Have you seen that vi- video of them playing it live in the studio? Uh yeah, actually I have. I've definitely seen that. It's they're so tight, dude. They're such a machine. It's insane. Unbelievable. I speak to the Mario like sometimes on Instagram and I tried to get him on the podcast a couple of times, but I think he might be slightly worried about the French English vibe. Oh, sure. We'll have to get him a translator. I'll imagine that if it was just some sort of weird translator lady over the whole podcast. I'm not having that. Um, nah, nah. I think we're going to call it there because i got to make dinner. What are you doing for the rest of the day? Uh, I don't really know. I think I need to go grocery shopping. That's one thing. Um, other than that, dude, I'm probably going to play Call of Duty. <gasps> I just got a download code for it yesterday, and I spent all evening getting it downloaded so I could play it later. Do you want to play it together? I do. Are you? It doesn't matter what you're on, but are you PS4, Xbox, PC? Uh, I'm PS4. PS4. Well, we can still play because it's cross-platform. What are you on? I'm on Xbox. Oh, good. You're not on PC. Let's let's do cross-platform, but only console people because fuck playing against PC. Oh, no. Yeah. Nightmare against mouse and keyboard. Do you have a headset so we can chat? I do. I do. Oh, baby. We're going to rip. We're going to rip later. I play with Adam Gray quite a bit i mean and by quite a bit i mean um 
Nah, every day. <laughs> just nice. about every day. We just talk shit and play Call of Duty, and he's a psychopath at it, like pro. It's fucking crazy. Is he? Yeah, I'm going to be shit, but I was good at Battlefield, so Hell yeah. I'll just. it would take me a minute to get used to this fast-paced action. Anyway, thank you so much. Dude, of course. Yeah, thank you for having me on, man. We've been wanting to do it for a minute. We made it happen. I'm so glad. What we're going to do, we're going to do a fake goodbye, and we're going to stop recording, and then I'm going to still speak to you for about one more minute after that. All right, sounds good. Okay, bye. All right, bye.